Who's your daddy? Boom, we are off another episode of Booze Your Daddy, the podcast. I'm Dr. Alan Snyder, and I'm here with a guest today. The guy goes by Jonesy. He's a professional comedian, pretty funny dude. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Doc. Thanks for having me on Booze Your Daddy, which is probably the greatest of all podcast titles, I'd have to say, right? I have a co-host sometimes, and we refer to each other as Boo, like, oh, you're my Boo, and it's just a friend thing. And I've always had a cheesy nickname of Daddy, which is not a sexual thing. It's always been sure, more like a- sure. It, is that what you tell people? <laughs> it's the truth. And anytime it ever, and my current girlfriend, if I ever do drop a daddy would like some dinner, she goes, oh yeah, well, what should mommy expect? And I'm like, no, no, no. Okay, we're done with this. <laughs> it, uh, it has its meanings. And so just to give you your props, because I did a little bit of research on you and you correct me where I missed is you've been in Gotham, Drunk History and the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, uh, I've been on a few TV shows. I was on Letterman as well and Nurse Jackie and Blue Bloods. And uh, you know, I was, uh, when I was living in New York City, I was on most of the shows that were taping there. That was before I decided to move to LA because, you know, once you're on the shows, they don't really have you on again. And I was like, ah, well, I kind of exhausted New York City. And then I bounced to go to LA to be on different shows out here. And it didn't work out quite as I had hoped. But, you know, it takes a while. These things take time. My whole industry shut down now because of this pesky virus. I'm hoping that in 2021, I'll, I'll get on some more shows. That's what fingers crossed. Thanks, dude. I wish you luck. And if there's anything I could do to help, obviously. So I was going to ask you, how long have you been in LA? Be coming up on four years. Okay, very good. Where were you born and raised originally? And I have a follow-up to this. Oh, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. Okay. I did my own little, I guess, stalking. I tried to do some research of you. And one thing I saw on your, your Facebook, I think, was something about the Pittsburgh 1979 World Series. I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. And I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have this jerk face on my podcast. Because as an Orioles oh. fan, that, that hurt a little bit. You know, we lost that. I wasn't born yet and neither were you. But I know the history at least. And I didn't. And that's not your really your big time rival in baseball, is it? It's just you did lose the World Series to them. In 79, now yeah. in football and in hockey, I actually won't even date a girl if she's from Pittsburgh because I hate the Steelers that much. As a I don't Ravens like, fan, no chance. Yeah, you're a Ravens fan, which you're not going to like. You probably know I'm a Pats fan. So we're cool. Like, we beat you guys. We're, you know, yeah, we have things. We've, we've taken turns with the world. With sure. The, the Ray Rice game. I'll never forget that. We, so we go back and forth. But I also, like you, cannot stand the Steelers like very uh, we hate Perfect. the Steelers for Perfect. sure now, I only posted that. It wasn't like I'm a Pirates fan. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings with that. What I was amazed at was watching an older player, Willie Stargell, at the end of his career, just go off. And not only go off, but what really impressed me, and I've since then spoken to a Pirates fan at my job, it was the way that Willie Stargell, as a left-handed hitter, was just smashing the shit out of these very good uh, left-handed Baltimore pitchers. And that pitching staff is famous. I mean, that pitching staff was uh, you know, one of the best of all time, top to bottom. And he was just hammering. You normally don't see left-handed hitters hit left-handed pitchers quite like that. I was blown away by the by that video of him doing that. And that's the only reason why I shared it. It was like a, sort of like a hitting clinic. I'm like, watch this motherfucker hit. Like, I'm a, I'm a baseball nerd, really, um, as I'm sure that you are as well. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, I study the greats, you know, um, and, and 
And when I saw him hit like that, I just like, wow, I've never seen an old dude hit like that. Wow. Yeah, I, th- I think he won MVP that series, but yeah, yes, he, he did. He did. They won. It was a seven game series, but then the Orioles came back four years later, won the world series, but I was born a month after that. So I have not tasted a Baltimore Orioles world series. And I have two Super Bowl wins. I have a Stanley Cup with my Capitals. My freshman year at the University of Maryland, we won the national championship in basketball. I would trade all of that for the Orioles to get to the world series. They could get swept. Really? I don't, dude, I love the Orioles so much. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, that's so cool. I was doing some research for a podcast uh, that I want to do on the side. You know, I do weird AF news and I would thought I'm, I might do another podcast in the same theme, but I was going to call it, um, I'm calling it weird AF sports. And one of the, and I was researching some episodes for what will be the first season. And one of them was because I want to do weird sports. Okay. Weird sports related stories. One of them I thought might be the very famous 1989 Fleer Billy Ripken baseball card. Oh, Do you remember what, it said fuck face on the back. Come on. Exactly. I was yeah. going to say, you remember the significance of that card? Well, there's yeah. a story behind it. And, and uh, I thought that might be a fun, weird story to do right out of Baltimore. And, I, uh, I think that's a great story. And most people actually don't even know that story. I know all my diehard Oriole fans are like, yeah, of course. And of course, Billy Ripken now is just famous for being on MLB Network. But yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the second baseman to the Cal's shortstop. And the, the, the card is fantastic. I think that would be a great episode. Sign me up to listen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very funny story. And a lot of people, like you said, of course, in Baltimore, everybody knows about it. And, 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 and hardcore baseball card collectors, of course, know about that as well. Keeping the sports theme, I, another thing that when I looked you up on YouTube, you know, and had an interview from something you did about a month ago called Guy Code, and then two down, it said, Jonesy, MMA tie fight. And so I clicked that. Now, I'm a huge UFC nerd, and I clicked it, and I watched it. Now, whether you were in it or not, which I'm guessing it was not you, I couldn't tell who was winning, who was losing, and which one you were. So let's just go ahead and clear the record. That is not you in that tie fight? No, no, I'm not in a tie fight. No, <laughs> not me at all. I don't do any sort of fighting like that. Oh, You're not, it's just funny because, I mean, I don't know if you ever, I'm not big enough to ever Google myself, but if you ever look up to it, it's just two guys just going at it. I was like, wow, that would be badass if that was him. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I wish. I wish I was that much of a man. No, I'm a more of a, uh, you know, more of a, you'll see me at shortstop. <laughs> sure. Nothing too filled with contact these days I'll, I'll play flag football right <laughs> not, not even touch at this point <laughs> you're into golf now or you just tried golf i've tried golf because it's it seemed to be the most safest sport to play during the pandemic I, I know ordinarily right now i'd be in the midst of softball season out here in la and i'm on two teams one of the guys that i play softball with suggested we play golf he's good and i am terrible and i i'm an athlete and I can't believe how difficult golf is. I can hit a fastball. I cannot get this ball to go straight. It, it looks easy when you watch it. Always looked easy to me. I thought this will be this will be a breeze. Like I'm I'm very skilled. Good hand eye coordination. Really good. I cannot do this, man. Frustrating as hell. I even went to the driving range yesterday. Hit a bucket of balls just to try, just try a little bit to get a little bit better because I'm so horrible and it's so embarrassing. So I my line is I don't need another thing in my life to be frustrated with, which is why I don't play golf and if you haven't played yeah. your whole life the driving range is decent because you just get out there and you hit the ball forever and never never but i've actually got suckered into playing a round of 18 with three guys and they were scratch golfers and it was my first time ever playing and i was miserable I, I after four holes or so i said you know what i'm just gonna drink and drive the cart the golf cart i would have done the same thing if if you put me on one of those full courses i've only been doing the par threes 
and I and I can't even hand I can't even keep the thing on the fairway. It's it's just embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. And as an athlete and someone who's I take pride in like competition. I just it's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah, definitely a lot of ego with that. I totally recommend that. So stick to the mini golf. I think that's the way to do it for now. <laughs> yeah, the putt putt. Let's do the putt putt, baby. <laughs> so so I found your your Instagram, which is funny yes. Jones, and I went through there, and there's a, a lot of good stuff. And I definitely recommend anybody listen to this. You know, our my Instagram booze your daddy b o o s y o u r d a d d y. But funny Jones. The one that stuck out to me before we really get into it is you tagged something in 2013, Andy's Mints. You're like, oh, they still make these things? They're my favorite. They are number one. I, I rave about Olive Garden and how much I love it. And you get an Andy's Mint when you leave. Yeah, kudos. I have nothing more to say than I was like, we are kindred. This was meant to be. The whole Pittsburgh thing, you were redeemed yourself oh. after that. Oh, well, thank you so much. I- <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like the pirates. I'm telling you, I really don't. I, I know. I it was just the, something. The, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not a big chocolate guy. I'm more of a peanut butter. But if I have to have it, it's, it's mint all the way. So yeah, I just, that was the candies, one thing. Baby. Andy's candies. Yeah. So Man. I definitely, I wanted to give you a thumbs up on that. Have you, have you ever had, this is something similar to Andy's candies. I always thought um, is, um, have you ever heard of grasshopper cookies? You of course. Yeah. Well, they're, they're Girl Scout mint cookies just Correct. made by Keebler. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but made by Keebler, you get them in the stores. Yeah. And, and so if you have a craving for the, the Girl Scout thin mints that you, and you can't get them all year round, you know, your other option is the grasshopper cookies, which I've always been a big fan of. I love chocolate and mint together. I just think it's like, it's just a heavenly combination. My you're, favorite you're ice cream too, probably mint chip, I would have to say. Um, I just love that combo so much. I, I'm with you. You're preaching here. And if you want to take it one further, I don't know if you guys have Turkey Hill out there, but they make a mint chocolate cookies and cream ice cream. It's it, it's good. Wow. Mint chocolate. Wow. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm yeah. so into it. And next time you're at the store, definitely. We do te- have Turkey Hill. Tur- I know the brand. I know the brand. I got to look for that. Mm. Look for that. Yeah, they also make a Blitzburg Crunch or something for the Steelers. So then I stopped buying Turkey Hill. Uh, <laughs> so here, I'm going to go ahead and just insult one of our regular listeners, Mrs. Lolo Felso herself. You want another secret? S'mores, instead of going Hershey's chocolate, take an Andy's mint and make a s'more with that. Oh, that sounds outstanding. That's going to that's gonna offend most of the native, the s'more listeners that are purist. I've done it before. It's fantastic. I start to experiment with different flavors, different chocolates here and there. And Reese's peanut butter cup is okay, but the Andes s'mores, graham cracker, marshmallow when you're camping, it's a crowd pleaser. I'm all in on that. I'm all in. Would you call yourself a professional comedian or a professional actor, or are they kind of mutually together? Well, yeah, I mean, I do both. So, I, but I mostly tell people I'm a comedian just because I've done more of that. I've done that for longer as well. I was a, I started um, stand up comedy before I got into acting. It, it brought me into acting because uh, you know it's just sort of something that you I don't know if you go to New York to be a stand up comedian, you're gonna get odd, odd, you're gonna get opportunities to audition for th- certain things, and it just behooves you to take up acting, take some classes. If you, um, you know, if you want to raise your profile, if you want to get on some TV shows, but you know, there's some other shows that, that are more, uh, have, have a wider, larger audience that it would behoove you to try to, to get on as an actor and be a recognizable face. And of course, if the ultimate goal was always, you know, if you can be a, a series regular on a TV show, that just ups your, your, uh, you know, you could get paid more as a stand up comic. You'll get more work as a stand up comic. It all feeds into the, to the stand up comedy. And so, um, I began acting for, 
for that purpose. But then I really just fell in love with it. And, and, and I've done quite a bit of it. To answer your question, mostly tell people I'm a, I'm a comedian. Lately, I've been telling people I'm a podcaster because that's really all I got going on right now out of default. And for a while, it was kind of embarrassing to tell someone you're a podcaster. But now it's pretty cool. People are like, wow, you got a podcast? I'm like, hell yeah. yeah if they knew how easy it, it would be just to make a podcast. But the hard <laughs> part is making people listen, which is the skill. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And you know, I am about two months in now and it's growing. It really is. And I'm so grateful. But at the same time, my friends are like, how hard could it be? I'm like, you get on here, you do it. You make people laugh every week. I put out two episodes a week, every Wednesday and Saturday. And it's a lot of work and my friends appreciate it. And it's growing slowly. And we're getting, I'm getting listeners from overseas, which I don't know how that happened, but I'm also grateful. You know, somebody in Lithuania has become a regular listener and God bless. Isn't that something when you get people from in different countries listening to you? Like that never happened to me with stand up. I mean, I never, you know what I mean? That just never, I never thought I could touch people from, you know, that far away. I even have listeners in, um, in Africa as well. I I mean, it's just, it blows me. New Zealand, I mean, very far away places. People are listening to my show as well. And it just, that is really cool. Really cool. That's one of the best parts about the podcast is the far reach that you have. When did you decide that you wanted to be, or when did you decide you knew you were going to be a comedian? Because I'm sure your whole life you made people laugh during different times. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I was always funny growing up. Always funny. Um, and, uh, and fearless. I would say anything, anywhere. I didn't, I didn't really respect uh, social boundaries. So, but you got to kind of go for it as a comedian to, you know, you, you can't really pay attention to those social boundaries. You got to kind of say what you think will get the laugh. Um, of course, you know, it, it can also get you in trouble. It can go the other way. As oh, yeah. Happening in the culture a lot. It was a, one of my, uh, you know, roommate in freshman year of college was trying to be a comic. He went to this comedian, this open mic, and I didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, what? You comedy open mic? What? You just go and tell jokes that this, this is in Boston. I didn't, I didn't know those existed. So, so he, I, I'll go with you. I'll watch. You know, he wanted somebody to watch him. I'll watch him. And I watched him and he was terrible. And so was everybody else. <laughs> and I thought, I got, wow, like, wow, everybody's awful. Like, um, okay. I, I mean, how hard could this be? And then of course we went back to the apartment and him and I went over his jokes and I, I felt like I was contributing to the improvement of his bits. And I thought, well, this is the process. You know, we go back and talk about it and you're going to go next week and try the changes that we just discussed. This is, I can do this. I mean, I'm already sort of doing it. So then I jumped into the fray and, and tried it as well. And of course, it, it didn't go very well. Of course, it never really does your first time unless you're Dave Chappelle. You know, most of the time you just you struggle in the beginning. But it was so fun. It was so thrilling and scary. And I've, I've always been somebody who likes a thrill. And uh, so, you know, my friend eventually dropped out of doing it. And I, I just kept doing it. And I went to New York to do it on a serious tip and just haven't stopped. And it's been that was in like 2004. Wow. So, and it's, so it's, it's taken you, uh, I mean, 16 years to get where you are right now, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah, um, which is a long time. Um, I don't think it is, though. I really don't because I think that it takes anybody that long. No, I'm a doctor. I have my own practice. It took me three to four hard years all day, every day before I could sleep at night. I mean, I was putting in 40 to 60 hours a week as far as what I was doing plus everything. I know professionals that have taken them many, 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 many years. I don't think 10 years is that long before you get where you got to go in the entertainment field. Yeah, well, you know, and then a lot of the heavy hitters have been at it 20 years before they make it like the Bill Burrs and the Louis C.K.'s and these sorts of people, you know, you, you, they'll tell you, you know, 20 years um, before you're really something. 
And so I, you know, I think about that too. And I thought, hey, it's not so bad. You know, I'm, 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 I'm nearing that 20 year mark, I guess, in five years or so. And I'll, I'll be uh, hopefully much, much improved. Um, you know, cause I seem to get better the older I get. Uh, and my ideas are better. My, my jokes are richer and they go deeper and they're more about, they're more truthful and they're more autobiographical. I'm taking risks. I'm sharing more. I'm telling secrets. I never would have dared to do these things at the beginning. I was just talking about my dick for the first <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years, you know, like really not going deep with the material at all. But now I'm talking about, you know, I'm telling secrets up there and I'm, I'm confessing and, and it's, uh, and, and I do, I do more and more of that as I get older and I get deeper into the, into the craft. Yeah. I can't complain. Everybody and everybody has their own pace as well of how they make it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You so. can strike, you can strike lightning, but I think it takes a lot of work. So I was going to ask you, do you ever go back and look at some of your old stuff and just cringe or you're like, I got to keep moving. I'm not, I'm not looking at that anymore. I cannot go back to far it, it it really you know i was just recently cleaned up my youtube channel and i took off I, I made a lot of those videos private that were previously published they were all there were a lot of old stand-up videos that i looked at them again and we're not going back too far maybe 2014 13 maybe not too far you know six years ish and even then i i just it was so cringe even six years ago i was so i was just so cringe like i you, you know you described it it's cringe whatever you said that was the perfect description that's exactly how it was. Um, yeah, I have some videos uh, that I started putting out because I kind of started more towards just trying to be educational, physical therapist. And there's a million of them out there online. And even my first couple of videos, I'm, I'm, I'm so stiff and I'm looking at myself. And I had to videotape myself a couple of times in my school, in undergrad and in graduate school. And when you watch yourself, it's painful. It is so, so painful to when you first get started. And I've been debating on if I should delete some of my early videos. But it's like, you know what? People can go online and see where I was, where I started. As far as like talking and storytelling, I have a huge advantage because I'm working with people all day. All my material gets tested. Now, I have never taken the plunge and gotten up on stage, although I'd love to do it when we get back and I've been really debating and debating and I just don't have the time to do it. But I have patience all day, every day and I rehearse and I have my bits down and I have a couple of stories and there's specifically one that I went to Greece last year with my girlfriend. I'll probably tell us on other podcasts. And if you were there, it was the funniest thing ever. And I have told this story to at least 40, 50 times. I have it down to a science and it never gets a laugh. And my girlfriend always goes, you got to tell them the story. You got to tell them. And I said, Julia, it doesn't get a laugh. It doesn't. I was there. We laughed our heads off. How long before you bail on a joke? How long before you bail on a bit where you've tried it? You think it's great and the audience just doesn't laugh ever. Uh, this is such a great question. Alan, such a great, I'm so glad you asked this. Um, it just shows that, you know, that your familiarity with the craft, um, which I appreciate. I'll tell you, depending how much I like the idea depends on how long it takes before I bail. Uh, because there are some bits that just don't, they don't work. They don't work, but I still like the idea and I still keep trying to rearrange it. I say, well, maybe I, maybe I changed the setup. There's a reason why they're not laughing. This is funny. I can get them to laugh. I just, maybe they need more information. I'll even ask other comics or other regular friends of mine. I'm like, you know, listen to this bit. Do you need more information to understand what's going on here? Or I'll say, does, doesn't everybody know what an Amber Alert is? Right, right. Everybody, like, let's say I'm doing a joke. I do have a bit about Amber Alerts. Does everybody know what an Amber Alert is? Correct. Okay, so that's not the issue. You know, I struggle with this Amber Alert 
similar bit. I, I got it to work finally, but I was discovering that people had a hard time laughing at the Amber Alert bit because, you know, the Amber Alert serves a purpose in our culture to save a child. And so they felt awed, I think, laughing at this. This bit had to be really well-crafted to get to get people to laugh. And even still now, although it's, it's probably one of my favorite bits, it doesn't work 100% of the time for that reason still, but I worked so damn hard at it that I got it working, yes, 80% of the time, getting people to laugh at something they should not laugh at probably. They feel weird about it. I can't tell you how many times people come up to me after that, after a show and they go, man, I can't believe you had me laughing at, you made fun of Amber Alerts and yet I was laughing at it and I know I shouldn't have. And aha, yes. But with that one, I really believed in it and I liked it. So I kept at it, but it took me a long time. Of course, it gets easier as I get older and, and the more I get on stage, I can do it, you know, because I've, I've pushed through the silence many times now. Um, but it's still, you know, there's still a part of you that seems to die a little bit each time. You know, mm-hmm. it does feel, you do feel the burn no matter how long you've been doing it. Everybody's different though. Some yeah. comics, you know, w- when they're younger, of course, they're scared right away. You know, it's like once bitten, twice shy. So when I was younger, I wouldn't, I would, oh, oh it didn't work. It didn't work. And it's like, no, no, spend more time on that. You know, I, everybody's different. I mean, the story that I've always heard is, you know, Chris Rock's famous bit, his best joke ever. You know what the, the difference between a black man and the N word, I'm definitely not saying. Uh, do you I know the joke? The no, yeah, I'm yep. not getting into it. Everybody knows that bit. There, the rumor is, is that struggled for about a year to two years. And then he was oh. like, no, there's something there. Like I can make it work. And oh. it's one of his most famous bits. And it's one of his best jokes ever. And that's a long time. That's a long, to long make it work. time. But I think he was a little more established then, yeah. which where he had that luxury and he could put that in the middle there and kind of dance around it quickly. And I guess I'm just always curious to hear what people say because I've gone to enough amateur shows, even some professional shows, and I want to give the comedians respect, but there's been some times that I've really wanted to talk to them after the show and be like, buddy, this isn't for you. This is not oh, for you. Yeah, and I, I see. I, I have zero clout in anything and nobody should ever listen to me, but I've gone to some shows here and sometimes it was just like, I'll just name names. I don't care. I saw Janine Garofalo perform recently. Her acting was fantastic. I loved her movies, but her stand mm-hmm. comedy just doesn't work. And then I start telling people and they go, yeah, I saw her once and it was really weird too. She's somebody who has a name that I don't know if it works, but I've seen some amateur people where they're just getting started and you can tell that something's there. And you're like, okay, okay, this is going to take some time. But then there's been some other people I've been like, oh man, you really should re-enroll in school. Like this is, this is not for you. You know, I don't really have an opinion about her, her stuff really, except for it might be too political for some people. There's a thing going on though, where, especially in LA, where uh, the stages at the clubs here, you'll often see someone who's TV famous, but really not that skilled of a standup. They're on the stage, not for their standup ability, but because they're a recognizable face from television or film or something. It seems to me like a lot of times the audience will still go see them out here because they people come to tourists come to LA you know they always they want to see somebody famous so they go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame then they find out right away that you're not going to see anybody famous over there right so what's an easy way to see somebody that's been on TV well you could go to the comedy store or the the improv and eventually on one of those primetime shows somebody from television will take the stage someone that you probably recognize they may not be great at stand-up comedy they're delivering something else because that person that came from Olathe Kansas wants to go when they go home from their LA trip what are people going to ask them hey you went to you went to Hollywood did you 
see anybody famous and they, they should have a story, yes, I saw somebody famous. I saw so-and-so take this, get on stage and do, tell jokes at the, at the comedy store, you know, whoever it might be, uh, Mark Maron or, you know, whoever. So because of that, that market um, creates a situation. I notice it in LA, especially if you do go to a club out here, you'll see some great comics. That's what they do. But you also see some TV people who are just kind of okay at, at stand-up. Not always the best stand-up, though. Yeah, I, I guess I was kind of, and I don't ever want you to badmouth anybody. My next question kind of relates to that. I've worked with some celebrities. I've worked with some athletes. Most of them are kind of unimpressive, whatever. I'm curious in anybody in your travels that you were just blown away by. You're like, wow. Because here in New York, the rumor is always Keanu Reeves is the coolest guy ever. If you ever see him on the subway, say what's up. He'll talk to you. Apparently, he's the nicest, most down-to-earth sure. person. And I can name names of people that are not. So I guess I was just curious in your travels, in your performance, was there anybody that really you're just like blown away? Like, oh my God, wow, you're really freaking cool. I met I met Bruce Springsteen on Christopher Street in New York City outside an open mic, a cafe. I was doing an open mic years ago, just sitting out there and he just kind of walked up and asked what was going on in, in the cafe and <laughs> just had a conversation with Bruce Springsteen. It was unbelievable how cool he was just talking, whatever, whatever. And at the time I was dating a girl who had family in Asbury Park and I had gone to Asbury Park a few times and I Bruce is like famous for Asbury Park, New Jersey. There's a music, he played music there forever and ever. That's just kind of his place. And I, you know, I told him about that and we, he, we discussed, you know, the changes that have on, on that have gone in, in that area over the decades. And he was very knowledgeable about the history of it. And we had this conversation about Asbury Park and, and I, like, he was so cool, man. That's pretty and, cool. The boss. I mean, anybody from Jersey, when you say Bon Jovi or Springsteen, they get, they get yeah. a little, they get a little wet. I mean, they get very excited. Something funny happened at the end of this conversation. Like, and then the guy who um, was hosting the mic came out. He was who, a really nice guy. We were both talking to Bruce and he asked Bruce if he'd like to go in and play a tune on the mic, you know, and Bruce turned it down. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Bruce's wife emerged, not too pleased that he was lingering because they were supposed to go pick up his daughter who goes to like a private school in that around that area, which is like the West Village. She, you know, she had to drag him. Like, Wait, this is where you are. I've been looking for you. And then I looked at my buddy. I go, ha, ah, you see, even the boss has a boss. <laughs> that <laughs> nice. was a great. I'll never forget the time that he took to chat with us on Christopher Street. Very busy. You know, it's a very busy street, man. Oh, uh, it's very busy, especially for a lot of a lot of good looking dudes down there that you could get picked up on. But you got picked up by the boss for a minute. I got picked up by the boss, man. Oh, my, it was so amazing. And I took this weird photo. He, I didn't ask him to take a photo with me. So instead, I just took this weird photo where I was the angle was me sitting. I was sitting on the on the bench and he was standing. And so it's this like upward shot of the boss talking to me. And it's just a, it's a weird photo, but I just love it so it's much. Awesome. I'll never, ever, ever forget that moment meeting the boss on Christopher Street in New York City. That was so dope. Very cool, man. Very cool. So, you know, your original pitch, I guess what I saw online was you had this crazy experience in Singapore and uh, you've probably talked about it a million times. So I just had a couple of questions, I guess, related to Singapore itself. I've never been there. I went to China a couple of years ago. Um, my girlfriend is half Asian, which I didn't know until we went on our first date and she told me her mom's Cambodian. I thought she was Italian or Hispanic. I, I had no idea. She doesn't look very Asian. Her dad's a white guy, a regular old white guy. She was, she, when I told her I was going to speak with you tonight, she said, you have to ask him if it was crazy rich Asians. What Was everybody over there crazy rich Asians? Were they eating the street food constantly? You know, what what was it like just being there, I guess, is my big question. It's extremely humid, <laughs> which I found very annoying. Imagine f- being in Florida, which I'm sure you've experienced, which is just this uncomfortable humidity. You just feel like you're walking around with a wet blanket on the entire time. So there's that about Singapore. You need to know that. It's right on the equator, basically, and it is humid as hell. 
it is the most urban country in the world. It is 17 by 35 square miles, all urban. It is just buildings and city and concrete as far as the eye can see. Most people are wealthy. It's just the thing there. Crazy rich Asians. Yeah, they're onto so, something. So it def- the stereotype definitely held up when you were there. Correct. Most people seem to be wealthy in Singapore. Very wealthy place. The streets are so clean. There is very little crime. I'd never seen such a clean, safe place in my life. It blows your mind. There's so little crime in Singapore that occasionally on a street corner, there will be a, a sign that's been placed there by the by the police, uh, like a billboard to let you know that a crime one time happened here. So just, <laughs> you know, you'll walk by the sign will be like, hey, everybody, attention, alert on this spot in 2017, somebody knocked over a trash bin. So be careful, you know, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but there are these signs, you know, I posted these signs on my Instagram. I I thought they were hilarious. You know, I I would stand next to these signs. It was like, it was a purse snatcher here in 2013. You know, that's how little crime that there is there. Except from what I understand, there is a spitting fine. You get fined actually, if you hock a loogie down the street. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about that, but um, I think it's, uh, I think it's been exaggerated. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see that probably not happening too much anymore. It's kind of like the gums situation. You know, there was a time when Singapore had made chewing gum illegal. They've kind of opened that up and relaxed a bit. They're having a lot of cyber crime over there. So I think the police are on to more important things, which is good because you don't want to be caned for uh, chewing gum, you know. Uh, if you're into getting caned, then maybe... Or if you're into some- getting caned and you want to, you know, to chew gum and s- blow a bubble and shove it in a cop's face, you could do that too as well. There's other things going on there, but yeah, yes, it is. I mean, it's so clean, man. I mean, you really could eat, uh, you know, fish and chips right off the concrete. I swear wow. to God. It's See, because China, it's the exact opposite. It's people spitting it's dirty it's disgusting the food was incredible there and you can eat it so often and you know i also saw on your instagram that at one point you just went to a shake shack to get a burger either that was in and i can't tell you how much i respect that because when i travel you know i went to greece and greece is known for the best food in the world i have a friend who's italian she says my grandfather will kill me if you repeat this but i think greece was much better for food that's awesome about day six i went to a mcdonald's i said i can't do i can't do any more gyros (laughs) i can't so the fact that you were over there and when i was in when I was in China, we did China, Hong Kong, and then we went to Macau. Now, Macau is a Portuguese settlement. So you, we were able to get so much food there that I hadn't had in so long, including dairy. So I got some real pizza. I got a lamb chop type of thing. And I was just so happy. And the food was great in China. It really was. Best duck you'll ever have. But at some point, you just need something different. You can't keep eating the same crap. I was eating a lot of weird stuff uh, was what was going on. It was nice to have something fairly normal. Is what the, that's what that whole Shake Shack experience was. Just have something kind of familiar and normal. And I really, I, I admit, I like their burgers, man. I mean, I think their burgers are better than In-N-Out. And oh, these, this conversation's these, over. No way. These, I love it. I love a Shake Shack burger, man. I really love them. So when I saw the Shake Shack, ah, it reminded me of New York and I had to just, ah, you know. I, I think mean, that's I, what you were experiencing because I had Shake Shack the other day and when it comes to ranking, because the argument is Five Guys, Shake Shack, and In-N-Out. The they, correct answer to this question, toppings from In-N-Out, you get the bun from Shake Shack and you get the burger from from five guys if you could put that all together that so my ranking is in and out five guys shake shack but i'm not kicking shake shack out of bed either. I yeah that was a in, and that shake shack was brand new in singapore it was like it had just opened up that week and so I thought hey why not you know run in there get some fries at a, at a burger in southeast asia in general 
there's a lot of spice going on. I mean, they just throw chili sauce and chili spice on everything. And I just, I was just getting like, I can I, can I just have some, like to me, the burger was very plain compared to what I was eating. You know, right. I'm like it was actually like tame compared to all the crap I was eating. My stomach needed a break. The break was a, was the a break burger. was a burger. Yeah, we have that here. No, we, yeah. we go to ramen and I get the non-spicy ramen and I am not a wuss when it comes to the spice department. Non-spicy ramen here will light light your asshole on fire. I mean, it is, we do hot pot. I, I can't do it anymore. That Over there, it's a joke. It is a joke how spicy things get. And yep. I couldn't do it too much. I'm, All right, dude. Well, plug your plug your stuff. Tell people what they should be listening and following you on. Oh, well, you mentioned my my Instagram, uh, Funny Jones. That's pretty much all I uh, usually plug. If you want to follow me, what I'm doing, um, I'm just doing my podcast, Weird AF News. It's a five day a week weird news podcast. And uh, on Friday, I only do weird news out of Florida. It's called Florida Friday. That should be easy. Uh, <laughs> it's so, I mean, yeah, I do the news from the week that came out of Florida. That's weird. It, it gets twice as many downloads as any other episode. People just can't get enough of hearing degenerate Florida news. Well, that was uh, the thing. Remember, it was type in, I think, like Florida and your first name and you have to post whatever comes first. Oh, no. Well, you, you type in your uh, birthday, birthday in Florida okay. and then whatever head, whatever Florida crazy headline came up. Okay. Uh, or no, Florida man and your birthday and whatever crazy Florida man. And everybody's got one because every day some crazy shit has happened in Florida. You know, and my, my podcast just covers the Florida on the Fridays, but people seem to love that. I always tell people if you're tired of mainstream news like give weird af news a chance Love it. You know, mainstream news will really get you down my news will, will make you laugh and i think people need that right now in their lives um i've gotten a lot of feedback during the pandemic who are like bro thanks for continuing to do your daily weird news podcast it's helped me get through this nonsense man appreciate it because the mainstream news brings me down awesome well i'm definitely gonna check it out i hope all the listeners check it out uh jonesy thanks for being on i really appreciate having you man alan i had a, i had a blast all right dude take it easy We out.